This podcast is brought to you in part by The Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. And welcome to another episode of the New England Society of Geeks podcast. I'm your host, Derek. And it is time for another edition of the The Star Star Wars Wars Chronological Chronological Rewatch Experiment. And that is, of course, where I rewatch the entire Star Wars Saga, uh, also known as the Skywalker Saga, from beginning to end, including all animated series and TV series and every movie. And if you haven't been listening to this, I encourage you to go back and listen to the first few parts. Um, it's believe this is going to be part either four or five. I don't remember offhand. But anyway, um, go back and listen to the other parts because I've already covered Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, uh, and yes, two storylines from the Clone Wars. So that means it's time for me to continue on with another storyline from the Ma- the Clone Wars, the Mandalorian. Nope, I haven't hit the Mandalorian yet. <laughs> That's still going to be a little ways away. Um, so this is another storyline from the Clone Wars animated series done in chronological order. So this is going to be called the Malevolence Trilogy, which is covered in episode 102. Rising Malevolence, Episode 103, Shadow of Malevolence, and Episode 104, Destroy Malevolence. All right, here we go. As always, um, I want to thank the Star Wars Report uh, for the great article they put out, which broke down the Clone Wars into storylines story arcs i should say in chronological order that is how i was able to do this so thank you to the star wars report okay so i'm gonna go back and look at my notes which i live tweeted as i was watching so if you go and follow n-e-s-o-g pod on twitter you can see the uh the notes that I tweeted out, and that is going to provide the backbone for this podcast. So, 
Beginning with episode one, Rising Malevolence. Of course, one thing I love about the Clone Wars is all of the uh, the opening quotes at the beginning of each episode. They're always pretty interesting, Some sometimes fairly uh, profound, and at the very least, always very interesting. So at the beginning of this episode, Rising Malevolence... We have a quote that says, Belief is not a matter of choice, but of conviction. And uh, I guess that applies in, uh, in many ways to many different aspects of life in general. But that was, uh, that was an interesting, I thought, interesting one, I thought. Um, next up, I had, uh, <laughs> so, of course, one thing I've been doing as I rewatch all of these is I have been rewatching them with the subtitles on because I want to make sure I catch everything, uh, even the little bits that you might normally miss. And it has been interesting throughout these episodes because I've definitely found some, some things I have missed or might have missed in in the movies and and Clone Wars episodes uh just little things mostly but kind of interesting things a lot of things with the various species of aliens uh a few things with uh, good old jar jar binks and uh other things and um in this case I noted that the closed caption said uh dramatic choral music as the episode opens up and uh i i just had to point out of course as always um star wars is known for its fantastic music uh particularly john williams who does the majority of the movie soundtracks john williams of course is a genius i don't think anyone will argue with that but uh even uh even when it's not John Williams uh like in the Clone Wars series the music is still really they they've still really put a lot of work and effort into the music and it definitely makes for a better experience um so i like to make note of that all right, next up, this episode features heavily uh, Jedi Plo Koon, who uh, is another really cool Jedi that I like a lot. He has a really cool look to him. He has an excellent voice. Uh, he's he's just a cool Jedi. Again, you know, he's no Kit Fisto, but he's pretty cool on his own. Um, and then I noticed, so the Malevolence is a ship that the, se the separatists have created and it's this ginormous ship it's just huge and it features two large ion reactors on each side that can fire off this ring of ion energy that will make any ship render any ship um inoperable basically it's like a giant emp so there was just a really cool image that i had tweeted of the malevolence um against the backdrop of this kind of reddish planet and it just looked really cool um 
going back to Plo Koon, I wonder... He has these kind of strange eye coverings. And I just... I wonder what they're for. What he sees through them. Does he... Because the way they cover his eyes, he can't... There's no way he can directly see through them. So I just wonder. I should... I should probably look that up. You could probably, it's probably somewhere where it tells you more about the eye coverings he has. And of course, he also has the, the face covering as well, which I assume helps him breathe because he probably can't breathe normal air. I definitely need to look up, look more into that. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have to do that. Uh, next up, uh, I said, uh, one of my favorite, one of the, so the prequel, the prequels were not, let's face it, they were not the best of the Star Wars films, certainly. Um, I have many issues with them, not so much story-wise, which is the funny thing. Like, the story is generally pretty good, but a lot of the issues with them is, like, the wooden, wooden acting particularly in Phantom Menace, some of the directions they went. I don't know. There's, there's just just some issues I have with the films in general. But one of the things I do love about the movies, one of my favorite things about the prequels, is watching, um, and you get to see more of this in The Clone Wars as well, watching Palpatine, watching him, his schemes is just, he truly was an evil genius and just watching him manipulate and play both sides in the clone wars. Oh, just, Oh, I love it. So brilliant. So perfect. Um, Oh, so another thing, my next thing I tweeted out was a couple of pictures of the malevolence firing its ion cannon. And, um, it fires a lot like the Death Star cannon. So obviously this must be a precursor to the Death Star cannon, which is uh, a nice a nice little continuity tidbit there, which is one of the things I love about Star Wars. There's these cool little continuity tidbits um, that you can really find. Um, next up, <laughs> there's a scene. It was funny. Uh, just a little note. There was... There's a scene inside the malevolence of General Grievous and Count Dooku. And uh, it said, uh, it said, you know, chuckling because I believe Grievous was chuckling. And of course, I said, you know, it should have said evil chuckling. Okay. Stupid dad joke, but whatever. Um, oh, so cool. So the malevolence um, attacked Plo Koon's ship and it, it, uh, Hit, they hit him with the ion cannon, and then they blew they blew up his ship. But in the meantime, he and several clones managed to escape in an escape pod. And the escape pod on their ship looks a lot like the cockpit of a TIE fighter. And I just, I like, that's another continuity tidbit that I like. You can kind of see where the uh, evolution of the TIE fighter window is sprinkled throughout like you know the jedi starfighters had had the beginnings of the tie fighter cockpit and stuff and this escape pod has it as well so it's pretty cool again and those little continuity tidbits that i really love about star wars 
Uh, so, in this episode, there's a little bit of Anakin and Ahsoka who are still... This is still early on in the series, so they're still um, in their initial stage of their relationship, and there's still some butting heads between Ahsoka and Anakin. And I just found it interesting in this episode that Anakin is uh, is is touting Jedi protocols, and Ahsoka is the one who are, who's fighting against the protocols, when in fact we know and hmm well that's a thought i wonder if ahsoka's uh ahsoka's attitude about some of the jedi protocols helped anakin see helped anakin start getting a distaste for them as well i wonder if i wonder if that's part of it so in a sense you could say that ahsoka helped anakin Go to the dark side in some way. Ooh. Now that's a thought, huh? Huh. Interesting. Yes. Very interesting. And speaking of interesting, uh, I tweet out an interesting sentiment sentiment at one point when Plo Koon and his clones were in the escape pod. They were talking about um their chances of survival. And of course, Plo Koon says, I don't believe in chance, Commander. Basically, he's saying, if you want something to happen, you have to make it happen. Hmm. That's uh, another good Jediism that can uh, help in life, I think. Oh, <laughs> and then I tweeted. So there was a point where they're floating around in their escape pod, and the, you know the power is low. They're having some issues and stuff. And then they happen to see another escape pod outside their port window. And they say, oh, look, some more people escaped. And you see the back of the escape pod. And it slowly turns floating in space to see that the window is shattered. And there are clones hanging out of the window. And, of course, I said, oh, that's not good. Add more dead clones to the list. Because, again... I'm not going to take the time to do it myself, but I do wonder in the entirety of the Clone Wars animated series, how many clones were shown to die. I know it's a war and many clones died, but in an animated series like this, seeing the amount of clones that actually die is pretty interesting. I think it's, 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 uh, unexpected. Um, and then, so next up, there was a line where Anakin and Ahsoka take, you know, go off on their own to go find Plo Koon because the rest of the Jedi said, we can't risk going after them. We don't even know if they're alive. We have this other thing we have to do, and we need everybody to go do it. So Anakin sends his command ship to go take care of that while he and Ahsoka go to rescue uh, Plo Koon. And, of course, Obi-Wan says, Anakin has just redeployed himself again. And I said, what happened to the Jedi Protocol that Anakin was, was quoting to Ahsoka just a couple of scenes earlier? Looks like he's pretty quick to uh, forget it when it's, uh, when it's his need. But, of course, that's not a surprise, huh? And then uh, my next tweet was, uh, I said, that's Anakin for you. Uh, because basically, a uh, couple of things. 
So Ahsoka says, so it's okay when you don't follow what the council says. To which Anakin replies, doing what the Jedi Council says, that's one thing. How we go about doing it, that's another. So, technicalities, man. Technicalities. <laughs> Next up, I tweeted a picture. Um, it was uh, the, I believe it was Anakin, or somebody was, and I forget what this was, but anyway, they were ta- contacting Plo Koon, or Plo Koon was contacting them, and, he, and they said, Pod 1977, do you copy? And I was like, oh, 1977, huh? Mm-hmm. I don't think I need to tell you what 1977 is, right? You know? Um, otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to, to this. Um, so in another scene, it appears that after the malevolence blows up a ship, it sends out a crew of battle droids in this weird ship to go out and uh, kill off anyone in who might have escaped in escape pods. And so they show one attack where they they the ship clamps onto the escape pod and it drills a hole right into the porthole, and the occupants of the escape pod get sucked out into space. And at one point this happened and one of the clones was screaming um, and the the subtitle said men screaming. And I was like, "Ooh, that's kind of brutal. huh?" Jeez. Um, next up, um, I like the um, I like that there's actually a connection between Ahsoka and Plo Koon. Plo Koon was the one who found Ahsoka, brought her into the Jedi's. And um, I like that. That's pretty cool. Um. Yeah, that's that's a nice bit of of uh, of uh, both of their stories, um, and a nice a nice reason why Ahsoka cares so much about Plo Koon. They're actually still friends, which is good. Um, and then at one point, I didn't see. This is one of the things I wouldn't have picked up on. The battle droids are attacking another pod, and one of the battle droids, according to the to the subtitle. To the closed caption, it says it's humming the Imperial March, <laughs> which is just a funny little thing that I probably would have totally missed if I didn't have the closed captions on. Um, oh, I love, I just noted, I love the way the different squads of clones um, kind of paint their armor in different ways to kind of give themselves some um, some of their own personality stuff. It's kind of interesting because you would think that maybe they would n- not let them do that and let them make them all be similar so that they would just be soldiers that would, you know, because the whole point of building a clone ar- clone army, you would think, is to build an expendable army, just like the battle droids. Nobody, nobody gives to figs about the flying, you know, the, the battle droids and if they get killed or whatever. They're just battle droids. We'll just make more. Well, I think the clones initially, that was probably the idea behind making the clones is we'll just build an army of clones. They're expendable. If they die, we'll just make more. No big deal. But having them, allowing them to have their own personalities, that changes things a bit, Uh, which is pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. Very interesting. Um... Oh, and then there was one point where um, Obi-Wan is talking to Yoda and Mace Windu. Um, and 
they're saying that Dooku seems to already know their plans before they do. And uh, so Yoda says, in this war, a step ahead of us, Dooku always seems. Of course, I said, hmm, I wonder why. I wonder why. Palpatine. Uh, uh, next up, I, I have tweeted out a set of four pictures in which uh, the clones and Plo Koon are all floating around outside the pod after after um, taking care of the droids that were attacking them. And, uh, you know, there there's a... Uh, the clone, one of the clones was saying that, keeps saying that nobody's coming for us. We're on our own. So Plo Koon says, Sergeant, why are you so certain no one is coming? And the clone replies, we're just clones, sir. We're meant to be expendable. And then Plo Koon says, not to me, which is a nice sen- sentiment. But I have to say, um, you can't, that goes back to what I was saying a minute ago about the giving them their own personalities they are supposed to be expendable. But also, on another note, kind of being being in my day job, you know, I I work in shipping and stuff. And uh I've I've known what it feels like to feel like you you're just a number to the higher ups, you know, you're just you're just a quota. That's really all they really care about. So it's kind of not to get too deep on it, but it's it's kind of um I kind of know how the clones feel in a way. It's not the same thing, I know. I believe me, I know. But uh, you know, I get it. I get that sent sentiment. Uh next up I have a thing where um they're showing R2 and he beeps questioningly, according to the closed captions. And I didn't even know that questioningly was a word. It's certainly not a word that flows off the tongue easily. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, like, they they keep showing the G- General Grievous, and he does a lot of growling and roar, roaring and all this other stuff, and it just amuses me. <laughs> this is a joke I said. I said, uh, Grievous has nice eyes for a um Grievous. <laughs> but uh it's just funny because it's the only thing you see of him is his eyes really. And they you know he always looks tired. I wonder why he's so grumpy. And then <laughs> there's one point where um after Plo Koon gets away and stuff, uh Grievous, and after Grievous roars because Plo Koon got away, um, he looks over at Dooku, and Dooku gives him a disappointing look. And I gotta say, the animators captured Dooku's disappointing look really well. <laughs> really well. He definitely, they definitely did a good job on that. <clears throat> oh yeah, and then there's one point where Grievous gets angry, and... <laughs> He growls at the droid, and the droid screams out in fear. And I was just like, that's just, that just seemed really odd to me. So, uh, yeah, so that was pretty funny. I like that. Oh, and then there's, uh, and then there's another, uh, instance of Ahsoka calling Anakin Sky Guy, which is still, that still kills me. That's a funny one. Good old Sky Guy. So, uh, that was part one of the Malevolence Trilogy. 
in which we get introduced to the malevolence, the the evil ship. Uh, next up is part two, uh, Shadow of Malevolence. Ooh, and then the the opening quote on that one was, "Easy is the path to wisdom for those not blinded by ego." Ah, yes, 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 yes. Which reminds me of another quote. Um, that I kind of made up myself and maybe it's good or maybe it's stupid. I don't know. I'll pass it on to you and let you be the judge. And that, that quote is, um, enlightenment will never come to those who seek it out because basically the whole point of enlightenment is not to seek it out, but to let it come to you basically. Anyway, moving, moving on. Um, so they keep referring to Count Dooku as a head droid, um, but I I thought he was a cyborg. Isn't he more of a cyborg? Because he's still got like he's not a full droid. He's still got some flesh parts, doesn't he? Wouldn't that make him a cyborg? Uh, I don't. I don't know. You tell me. I, that's what I would have thought. Traditionally, a cyborg would be. He would be more of a cyborg. Maybe they don't have cyborgs. No, because then... But that would also be what Vader is, too. He would be a cyborg, wouldn't he? Is he can, he's, he's not considered a droid, right? Is it just because of how much of Grievous is robotic? I don't Because he's not a full droid. He's got some flesh parts. But how much of... I don't know. It's, it's very... I'm very confused by that. Yeah. Very confused. All right. So next up, there was a scene where the clones were about to launch their attack, and they said, just tell us where the metal head is, sir. Referring to Grievous, of course. And I, uh, I said, metalheads unite! Because I have been, since my high school days, what you would call a metalhead. I love heavy metal music. Big fan of it. And I know that is not what they were referring to, but you know, it's still, it's still nice to be thought of. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh yeah. So I've talked in, in previous episodes about the clones and how they got their names and everything. Some pretty cool ways. And in this episode, there is a clone who, who's goes by the name of matchstick. And I was thinking about it, and I'm like, I didn't even realize they had matchsticks in the Star Wars universe. That seems very primitive for the level of technology they have there. I've never seen anyone use an actual matchstick ever in Star Wars. So, I don't know. Seems odd to me. Doesn't mean it couldn't happen. It just seems, I don't know, just seems odd. Um... One point they show Grievous coughing, and the uh, subtitle, of course, says coughing. And I said it should say hacking up a lung because that's what it sounded like. <laughs> little little joke there, little humor there to, to ease the tension. And I, sorry. Moving on. Um. So at one point when. Grievous got angry at the droids and, and beat them up and broke a droid or whatever. Um, 
Dooku said, Grievous, those battle droids are expensive. To which I said, really? Because they seem pretty expendable to me. I thought that was the whole point of having battle droids. And if they're that expensive, why are they so crappy? It just doesn't, that doesn't add up. Anyway. Um, so, of course, in this, <clears throat> in this episode, Anakin and his crew, uh, take off in a bunch of Y-Wing bombers to go attack the Malevolence. And in the Clone Wars era, the Y-Wings are all um, covered up in shielding, armor plating and stuff, and they look kind of a bit different than they do in the Rebellion era. And I have to say, I kind of like the Rebellion era Y-Wings better. Maybe that's just because they're the first Y-Wings that I ever saw, but, uh, yeah, I just, I just prefer the, uh, unarmored Y-Wings of the Rebellion to the armored Y-Wings of the Clone Wars. Just a personal preference. Uh, you know, you can, you can always let me know your thoughts on it if you want. Uh, listen to the end of the show to find out how to do that. Next up, uh, Ahsoka and her nicknames for people so she calls anakin sky guy of course he calls her snips you know it's cute it's funny haha whatever but she also calls r2 r2 which i really dislike and i don't see the point of just call him r2 everybody calls him r2 there's no point in adding an extra e at the end it sounds stupid i don't care for it but anyway, again, that's just a personal taste. <laughs> um, also, they spelled it R number two dash I E. And I was like, that is not how I would have guessed it was spelled. But anyway, so then it was just a, another note where Ahsoka said, does anyone care what the Padawan thinks? And I just, you know, thought that was funny. <laughs> Anyway, so in this episode, Anakin, Plo Koon, Ahsoka, and the clones are flying some Y-Wings through a nebula to meet to head off the Malevolence before it reaches a medical station and kills everybody on the medical station. So to get through the nebula, uh, it's of course a rough ride. So at one point, Plo Koon says to Ahsoka, uh, clear your mind, young one, and you will see the path. And of course, not only is that good advice for getting through a nebula, but it is good advice for life in general, I think. <laughs> um, and then, of course, they were asking that, you know, they were talking about the route they're taking through the nebula and how dangerous it is. And Anakin said, it's an old smugglers route to which i said hey shout out to my fellow smugglers three over on wookie radio which is the star wars podcast that i am a part of if you have not listened to it uh please feel free to listen subscribe uh we talk all star wars over there uh myself my co-host mike and ken we call ourselves the smugglers three and uh you know if you're a big Star Wars fan, you should check it out. Wookie Radio. You can find that on the 
uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, and of course on the WeBeGeeksPC.com website. Little plug there for that one. Uh, so, of course, as they're flying through the nebula, they see these giant creatures come towards them. And, uh, of course, that is not something you want to see heading towards you while you're flying in the middle of a nebula. Uh, and it turns out these creatures these creatures are really cool looking. They're like these kind of whale stingray thing, manta ray things. And there's a really cool scene of them flying around the nebula. And it's just really, really cool. I really like that scene. It was really nice. Um... And then at one point, we go back to the malevolence, and one of the battle droids says, I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> the classic Star Wars line. However, the only problem is, droids don't have feelings. <laughs> and then uh, after the episode, after they make it through their battle successfully, they fight off the, the malevolence and protect the space station. Um... You know they're talking about the mission afterwards and 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 everything. And uh, Plo Koon says something about uh, it all. De- you know everything can look different from a certain point of view. Shout out to the from a certain point of view uh, books. Uh, next up, there. So there was an interesting part where Anakin is talking to the head of the medical station who is a Camino Caminoin from Camino <laughs> and the Caminoin says uh do not take the lives you saved lightly and Anakin says I don't but I also don't take the lives I lost lightly and I just found that interesting coming from a future Sith lord um somebody who will end up taking a lot of life on his own very interesting indeed and that ends the second episode shadow of malevolence um so next up we move on to the third and final final part of the trilogy and that is destroy malevolence and this is a good one so this starts off with the quote of a plan is only as good as those who see it through so if you abandon a plan midway through Turns out it was a bad plan. It's only a good plan if you fall through with the plan. Next up, uh, they showed the back. They showed the malevolence fly by. And they showed... Sorry, I don't know why I did the sound effect. Anyway, they showed the malevolence and they showed it from the back. They showed the thrusters and it has, uh, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 thrusters on the back. And uh, I just kind of thought that was an excessive amount of thrusters. Just seemed a bit much. I guess not, but it seems like it. Um, And then again, they show... General Grievous growling. And I said, boy, Grievous does a lot of growling, grunting, and roaring. Oh, and also coughing, of course. Oh, so in this episode, uh, Darth Sidious uh, did a clever trap where he sent Padme out on this special secret mission that 
nobody knew about. Uh, so she takes a ship with 3PO and she goes out to this mission. It was, I forget what it was, some kind of diplomatic rendezvous or something. But it was actually, uh, in actuality, Palpatine was sending her out in the middle of the battle with the Malevolence and Anakin and Obi-Wan's fleet so that she could get captured and become a hostage. And they showed at one point as they were approaching, as Padme and C-3PO were approaching, uh, C-3PO said, uh, My lady, are you sure the information from Chancellor Palpatine is reliable? And of course, she said, Oh, it, you know, of course it's reliable. It's Chancellor Palpatine, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I realized, hey, uh, uh, 3PO gets it. Uh, I think he he knows. I think he gets that Palpatine is not exactly 100% uh, trustworthy. But hey, you know, nobody ever listens to 3PO, of course. So, you know, there you go. Uh, Yeah, so, of course, and then I said more of Palpatine's great uh, schemes, which I love, as Padme is talking to Anakin and Obi-Wan, and she says, I was sent on a special mission. The Senate was told the banking clan wanted to negotiate a treaty. So that is how Palpy got... Padme to go out and <laughs> end up in the middle of a, ba- a battle that was already going on by tricking her, saying the bl- banking clan wanted to negotiate a treaty. So I just more of Palpatine's brilliant plans and schemes, and I love it. I love it. Palpatine is... I don't think Palpatine gets enough credit, to be honest with you. I really don't. I mean, sure, he became the emperor and all that, and that's pretty good and all, but I really don't think people give him enough credit for the evil genius that he really is. <laughs> and then, whoa, I took a very blurry photo here of, uh, at one point, the closed captioning says, Tense music playing! And I said, oh, tense music. Oh, okay. Uh, and then it switches over to dramatic music playing which was not a complete tonal change, surprisingly. It was very similar to the... The dramatic music was very similar to the tense music. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, so Padme and Thrupio, of course, get captured by Grievous and pulled onto the Malevolence. Uh, so Padme and Thrupio leave their ship to go hide and try to communicate with Anakin and Obi-Wan. And, of course, you get the classic line from 3PO, Oh, we're doomed. And, uh, of course, I said, Ah, 3PO, ever the optimist. And that's what I love about him. <laughs> and then, uh, when, at one point, as Anakin says, he's going to go in and rescue Padme, and Obi-Wan and him have a discussion about it. Obi-Wan says, Subtlety has never been one of your strong points, Anakin. Which, you know... He does make a good point there. So, with that, Anakin and Obi-Wan sneak onto the Malevolence to rescue Padme. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they're talking about the plan and everything. And at one point, uh, Obi-Wan says, Anakin, you're crazy. And uh, I said, uh, I really do love the dynamic between Anakin and Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars. Um which makes it even even more sad and tragic what happened to their friendship. But uh, yeah, it's nice. That's one of the nice things about the Clone Wars cartoon really helped flesh out the prequels. 
because you get to see things like like Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship um get more uh more time dedicated to it so you get to see more of it and you get to see more of Anakin and Padme and and you get to see more of what actually happens during the Clone Wars so it's it kind of fills in a lot of gaps between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith which I like which is which is really nice it definitely for me in my opinion made the prequels better still not great but better um and one, of course speaking of Padme and Anakin there was one point where after Anakin rescues Padme, they have a loving embrace, and it was just a sweet, tender moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was there was one point where three PO uh, was you know calling out to have someone help him, but instead of getting helped, he gets you know he's he was stuck on this this like cargo train inside the malevolence, and he said, "Get me off this thing," but he got off by you know getting hit and getting thrown against a wall and he said well i suppose i did ask for that and i i think i think just like palpatine doesn't get enough credit for his evil schemes i don't think 3po gets enough credit for his his levity um because i think 3po 3po though he can be anno- slightly annoying at times sure he also brings a lot of levity and humor to the to the to the situation and uh, he doesn't overdo it like someone like Jar Jar Binks does with the comedy and all that. He he has more of a subtle, dry comedy, which which is which I love about Thrupio. I really do. Oh, and then there was another scene with some droid decas. And just in case I haven't mentioned it before, I have. Or in case uh, you haven't listened to any previous episodes of the Star Wars chronological rewatch experiment. I love droid decas. They are um, one of my favorite. They've become one of my favorite types of droids ever since I first saw them in Phantom Menace. I just love the idea of them. I love them rolling out and then unfolding like a transformer. And uh, and I love, you know, and they activate a shield and they're pretty formidable or they can be, which I love. So I love seeing the droid decas whenever they're used oh and then there was one point where um so the anakin and padme set the self-destruct on the malevolence and as the alarms are going off they show a scene with a couple of battle droids who scream we're gonna die abandon ship and i just i thought it was interesting that battle droids would actually care about dying um that they would be programmed to 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 even care about it battle droids have weird programming when you really think about it you know i don't know i think maybe they have flawed programming and i think that's a problem with them but hey you know who am i to say whatever whatever works for you guys you know but i wouldn't have created a, a specifically a droid built for battle i would not have given it the personalities that the battle droids have it's whereas it makes for entertaining watching realistically it makes for a bad army it really does they're they're not smart and they're not they're, i don't know just yeah i just bad programming bad 
bad program. But anyway, so that's the end of the, the episode because the malevolence gets destroyed and uh, all everything ends up with a happy ending, as usual. Padme, Anakin, Obi-Wan, R2, and C-3PO all escape and everything ends up going well. And so that ends this edition of the Star Wars Chronological Rewatch Experiment, the Malevolence Trilogy story arc. Um, it was a pretty good one, I'd say. Um, I like it. And I'm looking forward to continuing more of the Star Wars Chronological Rewatch Experiment. But for now, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, Stay tuned to the NESOG pod Twitter to find out when I will do my next live tweet of the rewatch. And uh, stay tuned to this feed for more of the experiment and uh, as well as other episodes of the New England Society of Geeks podcast uh, yet to come. Thank you all for listening again. And as always, May the Force be with you all. Good night, everybody. Young fool. Only now, at the end, do you understand? To contact the New England Society of Geeks, you can email us at nesogpod at gmail.com. That's n-e-s-o-g-pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Nesog Podcast. That's N-E-S-O-G Podcast. Find us on Facebook on our New England Society of Geeks podcast page. Follow us on Instagram at Nesog Pod. That's N-E-S-O-G Pod. Finally, if you could find it in your hearts, we would appreciate it. If you could give us a rating or possibly a review on wherever you listen to this podcast. Thank you and good night. Oh, hello there. I see you made it to the end of the episode. I'm glad to see it. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and so for a little surprise for you at the end of the of the episode here. Uh, let me give you a little uh, fun little bit of trivia. A little uh, amazing facts. An amazing fact from the Mental Floss article. 135 amazing facts for people who love amazing facts. And here's today's fact for you. Is it amazing? I don't know. We'll see. Is it fun? I hope so, <laughs> at the very least. And here it is. The 100 folds in a chef's toque are said to represent 100 ways to cook an egg. Really? Okay. And that, I don't even know if I pronounced that correctly. A chef's toque is a chef's hat. You know, one of those weird hats that they sometimes wear that... Anyway, yeah, 100 ways to cook an egg. Personally, I'm not a fan of eggs, so I don't need 100 ways to cook an egg. I don't even need one. But there you go.
uh, fun little fact for you. So, thanks for listening. And until next time, good night, everybody.